Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake, with me are those couples Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Planet of Giants, written by Lewis Marks, directed by Mervyn Pinfield and Douglas Camfield, aired October 31st to November 14th, 1964. Before we get into that, Sam... Cody, you guys weren't here last week. We talked about Reign of Terror. Somehow, without you, we managed to go over an hour. What'd you guys <laughs> think of that one? Hated it. Hated all of it. It was awful. <laughs> I would have just been a downer, so it's fine. Same. It was very boring to me. I like barely even remember it now. What was it about? I just French remember there was Revolution. French, French Revolution. That's right. Oh my and god. The Two cartoon episodes. Yep. <laughs> Animated. The intrigue. <laughs> One of the early animations. There there were some good parts of it, but for the overall, did not enjoy. Give me one good part. I really enjoyed, like, the doctor in the dungeon pretending to be uh, whatever he was pretending to be. A citizen. Whatever <laughs> that meant. Like, me too. Yep. That was fun. Did you listen to our podcast on it yet? I did. Did Was there anything we said that you super disagreed with or agreed with? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we mostly just talked about the special features yeah, of the you DVD. Mean, you mean the <laughs> specials analysis that uh, was performed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on recording. That's fair. Before we dig into Planet of Giants, we have to play the game. We play it every time. You guys missed out last week, but Jill and Alex got real close. And so they've shot up in the... What What I do is I take how far away you are every week, and I do an average score. Terry's ahead because he missed a week where everyone was way off. Uh, Jill and Alex got real close last week, so they've got real close to Terry. They haven't quite passed him, but they're up there. You, Cody, and Sam are still pretty far behind, but there's a chance for you to catch up. Out of 156 classic Doctor Who stories, Terry, why don't you go first? Where do you think this one fell? Hmm. I will say 111. Jill? Uh, mm. 88. Jeez, really? Alex? Damn. I was going to say, because... Hey, you don't need to commentate on her picks. Because it's... <laughs> so... There's people after you that you're playing against. You don't want to give away yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm not going to say what I was going to say? Uh, I mean, maybe after. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 142. Ooh. Cody? I will say 
149. Seventh to last. What? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Sam? I feel like we need whiteboards because now I got to change my answer. Uh, I'm going to say... <laughs> How does a whiteboard negate your ability to change the answer? Because <laughs> you write it on first and then you all flip them up. Oh, because I said something. Oh, I was just saying, you know, he said what for... I just want everyone to remember there's only 156. Well, I'm just saying, I'm rating it like... I'm going to say 40. I disagree Ooh. with everyone else. Okay, well, that's super interesting, and we'll very much get into that so very what I, soon. What I was going to say is it's only three episodes, which in the grand scheme of all the episodes is very forgetful. So I think people slept on it. I agree it's better than that, but that's that was my rationale. So uh, another thing to consider is this survey was done in 2013. Uh, this DVD was out. It came out in 2012, so fans had seen it. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the contents on the DVD later, but out of 156 episodes, this was 134. Ooh. Dang. Sam has killed herself. Oh, no. <laughs> now she'll get it on the head next week for sure. Yeah. Dear Mr. Google, what number on the quiz list? <laughs> I'll, I'll do some homework. I'm super excited to get into the story now because I think I might be closer to Sam than some of you guys but before we get into that Cody it is now time for you to give us a 30 second plot synopsis your time starts now no <laughs> you don't get topped out <laughs> the doors are open i don't know energy went away they they reapparated very small they're they can't figure out that they're in a world of their own in which everything is not actually big but they are tiny eventually they figured out look i got a gun i am mr dupont these chemicals are mine uh dn6 will go on pow you won't go to france okay now we're crawling these Time. insects are everywhere oh Time is up, you shut your mouth. Fuck. <laughs> like, just to put my thoughts together on this episode would take well, before, 30 seconds. Before you say what you're going to say, hey, Cody, what'd you think of this one? I didn't really like it at all. It's just, it's fucking silly. Like, it's rompy, but they take it super seriously. But I think that's every episode, Jake. Like, I'm not into new Who or old Who. I'm not into old Who <laughs> at either. all. I don't like Doctor Who. There was a murder, and it was really the, graphic. Why? Just why? Like you could make such a good story about them being shrunk, and they're like, "Oh, we need work. to have a murder and a detective." It's so disconnected and ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Terry, what'd you think of this one? I oh man, I had mixed feelings on this. I I love the ridiculousness of it, but honestly, it's like merging two different episodes together alex i hate the clickbaity title i was so ready and then it's like oh it's a honey i shrunk the kids like fine i guess but before <laughs> honey i shrunk the kids yeah like this this was this was the spiritual father of honey i shrunk the kids where with 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 murder like on screen it was crazy it was off screen i'm older than you guys but my sister and I, when we were young kids, we burned the shit out of our Honey, I Shrunk the Kids DVD or VHS. I mean, <laughs> like we 
We watch that so much. Uh, Joe, what'd you think? I loved the first episode, or the concept anyway. Maybe not mm-hmm. love, love. I really liked it. And I liked the remaining two episodes just fine. So as a whole, I liked it above average. It's, you know, still not fantastic. I probably wouldn't re-watch it. But as you far know, as... real helps? What? Three episodes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> as far as classic episodes, I think this is my favorite so far. Ooh. That's a good point. Whoa. If this was six episodes, I might have killed myself. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Fuck. God dang it. Sam? I really enjoyed it. Like, I like the little roughness <laughs> yes. of it. Um, I thought they had fun little bits and pieces. Some of it was a little too serious, but, like, most of it was fun. And I listened to my adventure in space and time, and I thought it was funny. They said, uh, Honey, I shrunk the TARDIS. <laughs> so before we get into it, there's one thing you guys should know. This was shot, like written and shot as four episodes. And the head of drama at BBC was like, this is boring as fuck. You need to edit it down to three. So the third and fourth episodes were edited down. I'm so thankful for that. Well, you can tell at one point in in episode three, there's a point where Ian is talking to Barbara and he said when she's sick and he says, OK, we need to get back to the TARDIS. And she goes, OK. And then it cuts to, you know, the normal size people having their drama. And then it cuts back to our TARDIS team. And Ian's pleading with Barbara. He's like, come on, Barbara, we have to get you back to the TARDIS. You're going to die. And then the doctor goes, she's right, Ian, we we have to do this and it's like there was an <laughs> argument somewhere that we never saw and it didn't happen i did so not you, notice that so you can kind of tell if i didn't notice the first time i saw this but just today uh so you can tell that there's a, quite a bit of editing going on but it was um it, it was something that the bbc itself decided needed uh a little more sprucing up and so i i guess in in order in order to cut some of the dead weight the like i'm really curious because the thing they decided to keep with editing out whatever was 20 minutes of trying to like lift up a phone to make a phone call (laughs) i hate that they tried to make a phone call because they touched on that code earlier and they know that they can't talk to anyone but the props are so fun I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. I thought they did really good in the prop department. It was, oh, yeah. It yes. was nice. Spoilers. MVP. Props. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to tell you now, it's not the prop department. It's the production design. Yep. And production designer for this episode is Raymond Cusick, who also designed a little-known story called The Daleks. Who, like, if Rami Cusick wasn't alive, Doctor Who would not still exist. So my least favorite parts of, my favorite parts of each episode were the cliffhangers. Like, after one and two, of course, (laughs) because there's not one and three. They're fantastic. My least favorite part, coincidentally, was the resolve of the cliffhangers, which was, we (laughs) don't resolve it. Like yeah, they just I keep, freaking keep loved on. I freaking loved the the cat. Like I was like, oh this is gonna be a brilliant and then the cat's just <laughs> gone. It's like, oh great. Um so I'm glad I guess that it turned to 
three because I can't imagine what little they would have done with those cliffhangers if it was four. Hey, remind me before we finish that we need to do the Christmas presents from neither the time nor the space. Uh... Like, okay. I was going to do it up top, but remind me to do it at the end. Uh, but Matt from neither the time nor the space, uh, we were messaging back and forth today. Because I asked people on Twitter what they thought about this, and he said, I haven't seen it. I don't like Doctor Who. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he was just joking. He was talking about something else. We were joking around. Um, I'll get to it when we get to tweets. But he, one of my responses to him was, you should watch this. One of the cliffhangers is that someone washes their hands. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the greatest cliffhanger of all time. Like, a man got some like insecticide on his hands like oh man I, I should really go wash my hands and that's the cliffhanger for an episode of doctor Who. that is because they were in the drain jake i how i was, know that i don't even remember how that was resolved they hit in the overflow pipe they could isn't the overflow pipe usually in the oh does that go to the mm-hmm, how, do, mm-hmm. how does plumbing work it's a higher <laughs> up drain sam yeah it's but the, they, the hole at they the did top climb of the out of the sink. regular drain to mm-hmm. introduce themselves to uh, yeah. Ian Barbara. But they, the first cliffhanger, uh, that one bothered me because, like, there's a cat, and that's cool. But they had already shown the cat twice before the cliffhanger. Like, I think it would have worked better if the if they just showed it the one time. Like, they turn and, oh, fuck, there's a cat. Credits, song, like, you know, the the closing song. That would have been great, but the, we already saw the cat twice, and so that was a little bit of an editing issue. Did oh, the was... cat do anything ever? <laughs> no, no. that's Always the like, problem. Why is it so close on the cat's face? Like it needs to <laughs> look were... giant, so you just <laughs> yeah. zoom in. I was so disappointed. I was like, "Oh, this cat can fuck shit up," because like that's the point <laughs> of a cat, and then it just leaves. Like, what, what? even happened with the cat? You can't show the cat eating its owner's face now that he's dead. Like that, you just can't do that. <laughs> Which it definitely did. Definitely did. <laughs> bit, bit his dick off, ate his face. Yep. Typical cat things. Yep. Um, can I ask you guys a question? So, Alex and I... Alex hasn't watched this episode before, but I have. And in talking about Barbara, this is the, the first episode of this story is the episode i use as evidence that the doctor is in love with barbara how so okay go well, you on can see it a little after after the aztecs like he's very particular to like apologize to barbara a lot and it so like in this one like he's freaking out at the beginning because the tardis has gone wrong the part where he's like oh i'm sorry i wrote to you yeah, he just he just sets aside Barbara to be like, I, I, did I yell at you? I apologize. Like, this was like a super serious issue. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but like, I I was just freaking out. And then when it comes time to separate, he's like, okay, Ian, you take Susan. You guys go do whatever. I'm going to go with Barbara. And he is constantly touching her. <laughs> like, any chance he gets, he is grabbing her hand or grabbing her shoulder or like getting right up on her there is a lot of physical contact in that episode or when I she wants to the to climb the cobblestones or whatever to peek over above 
And it's like, Barbara is pretty strong. She could do this, no problem. And the doctor's like, no, 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 no. I'll do it. It's like, sir, you are so frail. <laughs> what? Uh, he was with Susan at that in that scene. Well, no, they were both there. Like Barbara tried first, and then he was like, "Stop it, Barbara! <laughs> you dumb woman! <laughs> Can't let a woman do a man's job." Which, uh, when Cody was was his either his analysis or his talk about it. But just like, there's a murder. And it's like, yep. And it's foiled by, what was it? Hilda, the phone receptionist. It's like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like our our heroes like make a phone call or try to to get a hold of these people, whoever they are. And they've already been contacted once by the villain who is pretending to be another person. And it's really this woman on the other end, the operator, who like get like has talked to the person that he's impersonating many, many times. And it's like, that's not him. And just tells the man next to her, who is a police officer, to go and investigate. And that solves everything. So we have this plot with the TARDIS team, like, setting a fire. And I, I guess they save the scientists by having the insecticide blow up in the bad guy's face. But they really don't accomplish anything because the the woman the woman phone operator has solved the case <laughs> before any the, they didn't need to do anything and I, I love when he calls back the second time and she has the uh, the police officer on the phone and she's like see same voice it's the same man just definitive evidence <laughs> they have heard a man put on a voice and like see same dude I just like how the only thing he did to cover his voice was just put a towel over the receiver. <laughs> this will fool them. Surely this will muffle my voice. Right. Like, didn't even try to make a different voice. Like, I don't The guy who they shot, what was his name? Pharaoh? Um, his S's whistled so much. Oh, they were oh, bad. The so yeah. bad. He deserved yeah. to be shot. I know. I would have killed him too. <laughs> but he's so, on vacation. Wow. <laughs> Jill hates people with a lisp. <laughs> Not a lisp. He just had really loud S's. Have you met my husband? <laughs> if, like, is this a part of the story that you thought was necessary? Like, for the writer. Uh, uh, he wanted so let me back up one step there was an episode called planet of giants that was supposed to be the second episode ever when it came time to shoot it wasn't the script wasn't ready so they ended up having to shoot the daleks which ended up saving the show and making it so 60 years later we're still talking about it that script never came to pass this person um scrolling Lewis Marx wrote a story called Planet of Giants. He insists it has nothing to do with the previous Planet of Giants. He wanted to write a story about insecticides, uh, pesticides, because at the time, there's a lot of debate over like the health risks of something like pesticides. And so he wanted to write an anti-pesticide story, kind of the first of many environmentalist episodes of Doctor Who. I just listened to neither the time nor the spaces praxis episode, so this really <laughs> rang true. <laughs> I have also listened to that episode. I don't think they bring up environmentalism at all. They did. <laughs> okay. Real short, but they did. Uh, we'll get back to them later. 
But uh, so what What I want to ask you guys is, is that like a viable part of the story? Would, were you guys interested in that part of the story at all? Or was it more like this could have been done just as well as just Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and just like, hey, we're small in a yard and we need to get back to the TARDIS? Or was this something that you thought was like a welcome inclusion into the story? But then Barbara wouldn't be dying. Oh I think the God. presence of the insecticide was great. It could have played like the antagonist in the story. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, there's just poison everywhere. We're in this like field or something where they have this insecticide and you're still making your point that this yeah. insecticide could just murder you. Yeah, there didn't have to be like, a whole murder. Yeah. Well, if if the scientists were like, if the scientists were like, oh, this, this is bad. We can't use this. Like uh, on to plant, like, on to insecticide number 786. Like, let's try again. <laughs> then that would, for the TARDIS team, everything would have been exactly the same. But for a television drama, you know, having a man shot for money and then, you know, having his accomplice, you know, turn against him at the end, like that, as a form of television drama, I guess works a little better than just people running around someone's backyard. I did love that part of it. Maybe not love. I, like, through the whole first episode, I'm like, this is great. I love it. I love the small concept. Like, I like what they're doing, but why? So I liked <laughs> that there was a why, or like, here's the reason. And I I was excited to find that out because I was really scared. It was like a dumb, quippy, not meaningful thing. Where yeah. like, so I, was, I was glad they pulled in something meaningful, something to teach, something to... That just, you know, has more than yeah, and it's fun to be little. You make the exact right point. Like, the point of the story isn't that they're small. The point of the story is the insecticide. So, in order to have the insecticide affect our TARDIS team, they have to be small. So, they have to be the size of insects. And the shot at the end where the giant flower seed, uh, beca- or wheat seed... Wheat becomes small is you know the big the big moment where it's like yes when you become your normal size this insecticide won't affect you because you're not the size of an ant and yeah you're you nailed it right on the head yeah i hitting on that too i think either way you could have gone really well with this episode of having them have a huge adventure like in the yard or like rallying the insects to fight against this insecticide or something like that or really pushing trying to find an antidote or making the insecticide not everlasting like that would have been a fun thing to see the doctor and team change the formula to where it would still be effective but not poison everything else around it but i don't know it was a weird mix to me on both of those levels, and then just Barbara was a pain in the ass the whole time of just like, <laughs> I guess she was I'm dying, dying, but I'll keep it to myself so no one has to be interfered with my health problems. That's she very inf- British, though, isn't it? <laughs> kind of, but it's like, God, she infuriated me so many times. It's just like, Barbara, just say, I touched it, please help me, or something. Nope. Jill and I Jill and I just started watching The Crown again and we watched the first episode and it's obviously the king dying from lung cancer and that's very British like you just didn't tell anybody. It's like, "No, nope, I'm I'm fine." 
Isn't that like 90% of television drama is just one character not saying the thing that would just help <laughs> everyone solve yeah. the problem? Yeah, we also started Breaking Bad. Same issue. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Huge. Uh, Entire series. What I... Maybe... Okay. Did anyone else suck at figuring out which item or obstacle or whatever they were in or on or around? As oh tiny my people. God. Yeah. I was just, so bad. <laughs> just like the, oh no, the letters are like a foot tall. I can't read this and figure out what it is. It's like, really? None yeah, of you have seen like. Why couldn't they figure out highly flammable? That one was so <laughs> obvious. But like the matchbox like was ridiculous. Uh, even the, like the sink, like it until you saw both angles, I didn't know they were in a sink. Like apparently I'm just really bad at knowing the whole object. I was just confused as to how a sink hasn't drained to the outside. Like, wouldn't it go into some other pipe thing first before draining to the outside vent? Nah, this is the 50s. Oh, okay. Well, it's <laughs> not, but it, it, is, um, it is referred to when the woman uh, operator gets a call she refers to it as like the shed or something like that like it's not a it's not a house didn't like, they it say it was like a makeshift laboratory yeah i think she was a barn you're right it's okay. a laboratory terry sorry but also that house was probably built in the 40s right so was it's there built in the fucking 1100s <laughs> <laughs> the uk but uh, yeah i don't know i could see just like a sink just draining yeah. outside you know so, speaking of when this takes place, this is the first story since the pilot to take place on contemporary Earth. We don't know exactly when it takes place, but there have been conflicting external uh, resources via multiple media. Terrence Dix wrote the novelization for this story. In that novelization, it says that this is 1963. Because the Doctor, as we saw in the previous story, is trying to get them home. In the Reign of Terror, he says, like, that's the goal. And he gets them to Europe, at least, but not in the right place and not in the right time. There is a Doctor Who magazine from 1991, the Winter Special, where they have a segment titled The Unit Timeline that puts us in 1964. There's also a a book of short stories called The Grandfather Infestation that is all about, like, the Brigadier and his adventures in the military before he became the Brigadier that set this story in 1964. Like, he's... <laughs> there's a story, a short story, where he's, like, cleaning up the aftermath of this. <laughs> and he's, like... And uh, they said it in 19... Or, no, they said it in, um... June of 1969. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hey, Terry. Yes. What do you think of the doctor's full-on change from his jacket to the cloak? Oh. I think it was okay. Is that uh, a costume choice? Is that from now on? That's true. Is that his new look? He got given a cloak in the sensorites. In the Reign of Terry, he starts with his jacket, but changes pretty quick. Um, I think he kind of goes back and forth, but I 
I believe the cloak is most most used going forward. Okay. Um I think it looks striking for him, but I mean when his back is to the camera, it's hard to see like what he does bodily wise. So like it's easy for a stunt double to jump in for him. Uh, if I'm sure that's a big part of it. Yeah, for like climbing or any excessive movement stuff that he can't do like that would be an easy hide for him yeah um, good call but that that would be the only other reason i could see for having a cloak rather than staying with a coat is his hairstyle new <laughs> no i think it's been the same the whole time it's that it's just bigger and then curl is, is he pulling a capaldi going full fro <laughs> <laughs> he wear, he wears a wig that is not his hair yeah Ugh. Does he uh, have he, to shift up? He does. He does. He's playing older than he is. You know, he's only about 55, 56 at this point. But he, he's playing a much older man. That's why they frequently have him like sitting down. Um, because well, we're getting to the point where William Hartnell's illness is going to start affecting him more and more. And the reason for having to change to a, a new actor playing the doctor. Uh, but he, you know, at this point, he's still pretty good. Uh, but he's it was just always envisioned as an older man than him. So he he, he does play older. Jake, you can yeah. cut this part out. But I, I just wanted to say, <laughs> um, uh, speaking of hair, uh, when uh, they the team splits up outside and the doctor like like pops up out of the drain just before going up the pipe. <laughs> He's like perfectly fine. It's like oh, we made it out of there. And then Susan pops up and her hair is a goddamn mess, and it's just like oh my god. It's like Susan, what were you doing? <laughs> I think that's just something they do to Susan. Is they always just fuck her hair up? <laughs> okay, because in my head, it's like if you were watching with me, it'd be like ah, she was totally doing a BJ right there. <laughs> just like jeez, <laughs> is doing a BJ a term? <laughs> doing a BJ. <laughs> and cut I this out. Can't come to the phone right now. Terry does not give or receive BJ's. Do a BJ. It does. It does not do that to your hair. You don't know what the doctor's like. That's <laughs> his granddaughter. What's wrong with you? Oh my god. <laughs> but I was super proud of Susan, though. Of. When they did split up, that Susan figured out what was going on at the same time as the doctor and was explaining it to Ian. Yes. So that's that's my favorite scene, Terry. Um, and that's what Susan should be. Yes. So like they split the group up. The doctor's with Barbara. Susan's with Ian. And they're simultaneously explaining to their human counterparts what's going on. Like they've both seen the signs. They're, you know, putting it together in their heads and. Susan's getting it just as the doctor does. And this never again happens. And this should be how Susan is the entire time is maybe not the equal to the doctor, but just below him and definitely ahead of the humans. And the very moment after this scene, she's just screaming again because Ian got lost. And so like, but that is, 
I, I absolutely love that scene because it just gives you a glimpse of what could have been and what never was. And it, it's really just a bummer. I agree. I it's... did really like when they went back and forth explaining the thing. Yeah. yeah that was really a cool editing, transition. Editing was crazy expensive. So anytime they're going back and forth like that for like a story purpose was like it had it had to be real and like be for a reason and it was for a really important reason and it just never happened again hmm. i uh took notes only on episode one. Oh no because that was the most important episode one of my notes is the can't speech which i should have pulled up before now but mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate the can't speech as much with the, you know, British accent. Like, all I could hear the whole time was a U instead of an A, and it made the speech <laughs> real funny. Oh, no. So that was Connor a cunt? Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I've never heard the word can't. Like, but you can't <laughs> say you can't, like, over and over and over. I'm like, stop. Just stop it. <laughs> I gotta pull up the speech. Yeah, that, that's on you. It, it was real bad. I did not notice that. Um, but the other thing is, okay, so Ian knows they're small, right? In episode one. I'm talking about specifically. Is, I have this exact same note. Please, why, please continue. Why does Ian get in a matchbox as a tiny person? <laughs> right? What the hell, Ian? How many Ian? opportunities in your life do you have to also, crawl into a matchbox? Also, don't get in anything. <laughs> also, isn't it Ian and Barbara and... Ian's like pushing Susan away the opposite direction, and then Ian pulls Barbara up and runs the opposite way. I was like, "Why? Why would you split up? You're mm-hmm. right there. Just go the same way." Why is it always a matchbox? Like when I was a kid, you'd see like reruns of Tom and Jerry from the seventies and eighties, oh, yeah. and it, they were always crawling in matchboxes. Every cartoon your character is crawling in a matchbox. I don't know why. I feel it's like matchbox animate a cube. Easiest I, to build. All that. Yeah. <laughs> and it slides open and closed. Matchboxes must have been a lot more prevalent back in the day for like Everyone certain fires and shit. And Everyone mm-hmm. smoked. Like you Lighter, didn't have lighters might not have been a thing. Question mark. When I was a teen, the bourgeoisie had them. Like because... <laughs> Because we live like in a rural area, everyone smoked. Nobody had matches. <laughs> matches weren't a thing. Okay, well, matchbooks were a thing. This wasn't the sixties. Yeah, fair. Like I feel like at that time, matchbooks were a thing. Because I remember, I remember my dad was he smoked a lot then, and um, <laughs> there were like just matchbooks all over the place. Like I remember that as a kid. Okay. Why? And. Because that's how you smoke. They, they didn't have lighters. No, they didn't have lighters. Well, just they didn't have lighters. They would what? just also have matches for yeah. when the lighter was out of reach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it also looked cooler. Like it was it was kind of like a cool thing. I do Definitely think it's a cool cooler. factor because like the yeah. whole cigar thing, you know, like Alex will kill you if you light a cigar with a lighter. I won't kill you. It's I'll just cool judge factor. you heavily. No, you. But I've seen someone try to light your cigar with a lighter. You're like, whoa, oh, whoa, if it's whoa, my whoa. cigar, if yeah. it's and my Alex cigar, murdered him. If it's my cigar, you can fuck right off. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> then I will exactly. murder you. If it's your cigar, you go right ahead. I'll I'll be over here. <laughs> hey, can I give you guys some fun facts? Oh, sorry, someone is about to talk. Yes. Uh, go. 
So oh, it's there were just two Terry. things. Keep going, Jake. Oh, no. never mind, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> there is was... doing a BJ. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sorry. googling it at Man, least. Now I have to keep in all that dumb BJ shit from before because that was too good. <laughs> Um, (laughs) no uh there are two points of during this whole thing that i thought with them being small and what happened like they should have just died but one of them was dear god using the match as a battering ram to light it and for how close ian was to that head of the match it's like some of those like flare up really hard it's like how did he not light himself on fire with that? How oh, I burn that I burn my was. finger almost every time I light a match. Yeah, it's like Ian's dead. And yeah. the other one was like, oh, they hid in the briefcase. And the bad how? guy picks it up. It's like, oh, they died. Oh. Fast would they <laughs> During... need to be running to start that match? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right? And they're just walking in slow-mo. It, that... But when Ian's in the briefcase, bobbing back and forth, I can only think of Cody. Because he only ever talks about TARDIS acting when the TARDIS is like bouncing back and forth Jocelyn. and the actors have to <laughs> yeah. toss themselves about. Literally was... like woke him up and smacked him. I was like, Cody, it's your favorite part. <laughs> they, they couldn't even be bothered to like jiggle the camera. Nope. Hey, Ian, just move around the camera, the camera was the size of like a Volkswagen. Like <laughs> you can't jiggle it. There's, there's no chance. Okay. But Ian acted his brains out in that scene. He he went for it. I want I want the supercut of just like like some flapper music of just that scene of him dancing back and forth. <laughs> like he's, I, I guess it makes sense because it's walking, but like he's so rhythmic and in time yeah. that it just doesn't feel right. But I guess it's a person walking, which is rhythmic and in time. So it's, it should be, but it just felt so weird watching. Like, cause they, they cut the, the shot. So it's only taking like a third of the screen and it was just, it was weird. I really loved, I loved the, I'm pretty sure it was Ian. It was Ian that found the body, right? Yeah. yeah. The Except giant it's yeah. just on a body. screen. Yeah. I loved that. Oh, the big screen. Yeah, but the it's big like screen. no reaction at all. He's just like walking along <laughs> a dead yeah. body. My like, part is, <laughs> all right. he like leaves and grabs everybody and then they walk back in front of the big screen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like a couple of kids coming across like a dead rabbit and they'd be like, hey, let's go poke this rabbit. Right. Hey, you want some fun facts? I like fun facts. So, Douglas Canfield is one of the directors. He did episode three and four, which became just episode three. But he goes on to direct seven more stories through the 60s and 70s, as well as help out in little bits for some other stories. He does some, like, B-roll and shit. Mervyn Pinfield directed episodes one and two. He also directed episodes one through four of The Censorites, my favorite of those six. And all of the Space Museum, which is also bad. You guys are excited for that. Um, (laughs) He's also been the associate producer from the beginning and continues to be well into season two. Uh, He would then die the next year at 44 years old. Oh, no. And try as I might, I couldn't find why. He died very young 
but was a pivotal part of Doctor Who being involved from the beginning. Um, all three episodes of, or the film prints for all three episodes were discovered in 1978, as we often discuss, BBC just threw everything away. Um, but these were found pretty early, you know, in the late 70s. They did, however, toss out the full recordings of episode three and four. So there's no existing version of the full unedited episode three and four. Oh. But for the DVD, they did do a reconstruction of those episodes because they have the script. And the DVD they they released in 2012, they had Carol Ann Ford and William Russell. And so they recorded some of their lines to like fill in those gaps. So I haven't watched that on the DVD, but that actually sounds kind of exciting. So maybe I'll do that soon. Those are all my fun facts. Oh. <laughs> fun facts. Uh, fun facts. But it is cool that, like, they shot four episodes. They had to add it down to three. So because of this, they had to make another episode, which comes later in this season. It's called the Dalek Cutaway. It's it's called a couple things. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. But it's like a prequel to like this 14 episode epic called the Dalek master plan. Maybe it's 12 episodes. It's, it's many episodes that doesn't exist. So we're not going to watch it. So don't worry about it. Nice. But <laughs> this, they had to make this one episode in the middle that they couldn't use any of their actors for because the actors had completed their contractual obligations. And so it's, it's also missing but it's kind of like a prequel to that big story that was going to come. And it has been reconstructed by like college students who got some of the original actors to come and do it. And it's the BBC put it on their official YouTube page. So maybe we'll watch that. I think you've talked about this. Yeah. Like this all sounds very familiar. Yeah, we've, we've talked about it, but uh, this is, this is when like the things the reason that exists is because of this. Okay. Because this episode was so boring. The head of drama at BBC I decided it, it needed to be edited down. Have they seen like, any of the other episodes? <laughs> right? Like, what had to have been wrong with that story? Yeah. <laughs> like, mind blown. We did get a couple tweets. I, I sent out, like, hey, what do y'all think? Uh, BT Flippity Giggit, I mean, we get fewer responses because not everybody watches every classic episode and particularly ones like this. But BT Flippity Giggit says, I like this one a lot, which is awesome. It's probably the most children's show concept in Doctor Who so far, but I don't have a problem with that. As a kid, I ate up stuff like this, like book series about tiny people living in people's walls, like the borrowers, the borrowers. and the littles. So this whole concept is kind of nostalgic to me. And in this wonderful 50s B-movie mad scientist, you could basically have something, or with this 50s B-movie mad scientist, you have something seven-year-old me would have eaten up. I like, I like that. like the concept for a child, but the, like, man with a bullet hole... It's that a was little, a little graphic. Yeah, it was very graphic. We haven't we haven't seen that yet. Dragging dragging the body and then cleaning the blood spot on the thing and then oh, covering yeah. it in dirt. Like holy shit. It, like was, his, it was wild. His face was in the dirt too. So when they rolled him over, it's just a dude with a bullet wound and a face covered in dirt. 
Yeah. Not a not the most dignified death. <laughs> nope. But at the same time, like again, thinking giants like, oh, everything is huge. And he pulls out like the tiniest gun to shoot this guy. It's like, oh. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Gun broke. Like, what the fuck? Oh, was did that it? Gun. Well, it, it didn't like. Break, <laughs> but it's, this break, is the time but... of spy movies. Like, spy TV oh, shows and movies yeah. were a thing. Mm. So these tiny little guns were all the rage. Like, every show had these tiny little spy guns. I loved how when we saw the gun, it's like, it like, oh shit, that's a tiny gun. And then when we hear it fired, it's at the perspective of the TARDIS team and the doctor's yeah. like oh it's like an old timey cannon <laughs> <laughs> which is nice like some that part I actually really liked like yeah. the science the science of how sound works so like, like they say like if like they wouldn't be able to hear us and when they're talking to us like we'll only hear like big like wah 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 kind of sounds yeah yeah like the Muppet baby's dad or parents <laughs> and it it like it that is the real science of it and it's kind of all done away with with like oh we can just talk on the phone well but it didn't work because you could hear on barbara's side it was just like a yeah yeah for sure yeah it it was it was cool i liked i liked that part of it yeah uh james courtney at mr j courtney who is uh maybe listens to as many doctor podcasts as i do because i think all of them i listen to he is a contributor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to all of them one one of the better doctor podcast participants out there says it's okay there's some fun ideas but i'm glad it's only three episodes <laughs> <laughs> well Way said be positive about it yeah hey there's some cool shit there but they really fucked it up glad they edited it down <laughs> <laughs> matt at the Neither Time Nor Space podcast, says, never seen it, don't much care for Doctor Who, so allow me <laughs> to pose a conundrum to the marrieds. Agree or disagree? Cream Ooh. soda is better than root beer. Oh, Cody and different. I have an argument. Just very different. Cannot put them on the that's, same scale. That's like picking your favorite kid. Like I on. immediately answered to him, there's no, there's no way anyone would ever agree with that. Like root beer is a thousand times better than root cream beer, soda. Oh, no. Yes, a million uh, times. Agree with them. Root beer cream is soda disgusting. is like here. Just put the sugar on your tongue that has no fucking personality. Yep. Fuck yeah, do that. No, it's yes. such a different choice. Like I it's, either. It's, that's like cream soda is for children. Cream would... soda is for people who eat sticks of butter and think it's good. That's like yes, root beer. That's why and Terry Sprite. likes it. No, 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 no. no root beer is terrible. Hey, you guys keep going. I'm going to grab their presents from my a- car. All right, A and I... W cream soda is delicious, but it, it's it's not root beer. Like, no, they're very root different. Root beer, is, it's just different. It's yeah, a lifestyle choice. You're either root beer soda, or cream soda. It's not going to be cream soda. If you get to pick one for the rest of your life, no one is picking cream soda. That's true. I, I might. No one would well, pick root beer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just disagree. Times it would, it, a million. So, if I had a choice between just those two to pick something, I'm killing myself. Like, <laughs> like just a drinking one thing. I've honestly Ugh. never seen Alex drink a cream soda, but repeatedly. I love cream soda. Do you? Yeah. But repeatedly drink root beer, but they're just so different. Like I may some have, days I, I may go... have purchased more like twelve packs of cream soda than I have Barks root beer in my wow, life. Wow, that's real like, surprising. I, I bought Actually. a lot of it in in college. <laughs> like it was a lot. So I don't I I drink soda like at all. But if we go out to eat and if they have Barks root beer, 
I am getting Mark's root beer. Yeah, yeah because they don't other have cream beer? soda. No, when <laughs> you there... go to all these places that have that fancy machine that has everything, I'm getting root beer. I am not getting cream soda. Oh, I've I've for sure have gotten cream soda. Like the Qdoba one has has cream soda, and I've definitely gotten cream soda over root beer. Yikes. But I've also gotten Barks root beer. Like it just depends on what I want at the time. So for so me, how really are you feeling when you want the root beer? Is it like a man? Uh, <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> it's it's like I want to do a BJ, and then the cream soda is like I want to receive a BJ. Oh but, but if that was a serious question, like what what is the thing that leads you towards? the root beer rather than the cream soda on a given day it's just whatever like when i'm looking at options it's like whatever just sticks out it's like oh that would be really good right now like it just depends man i think for me there's a day where i want like flavorless thing cream soda there we go oh god no you're drinking the the reason i would drink root beer would be if that's the only option as liquid for me it totally depends on the meal I think Terry would drink root beer before water. This kid does not drink nope. water. Nope. I uh, I will I will have a Sunday float with water and ice cream rather than uh, root beer. At, oh, holy shit! Well, it's because Terry like, doesn't like spicy things and he can't handle that, root beer. Oh my god! It's so true, Alex. It's so true. <laughs> Although in my in my aged years. I probably would prefer water over both, which is kind of insane. Like I never I thought I'd say that. Water. No, yeah. I agree with that. I don't know if like soda's <laughs> kind of off the table. I really like Sprecher or like a root beer is a dessert. That's your dessert. Yeah. Yep. It's beer or water, no in between. I used to drink <laughs> like like soda just all the time, and I like I can't anymore. <laughs> It's just not possible. So where'd we all fall on the <laughs> root beer V? We are violently so, separated into our own parties. You <laughs> Jill and I, the Jill gays and I are cream are... soda only. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, duh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alex is going to say that we are either, like, depends. It's variable. Well, I mean, Terry just likes purpose. candy. Like The uh, other marrieds are... Root beer only? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if I when I, when I get a sweet tooth, which isn't often, the way I quench that is I'll just go get a root beer. It's no caffeine. It's like fine. It's not the worst thing you can do, but like, it, it satisfies. Do you ever drink cream soda? No, I'm not a child. <laughs> but you know, the only way to make butter beer is with cream soda. Well, again, I'm not a child. <laughs> well, you should try being a child once. It feels good sometimes. I did. I did it for like 20 years. It was awesome. <laughs> that might yeah. be part of your part of your problem there, Jake. You got you got to learn to live as a kid again. And... I don't know. Wine and whiskey tastes pretty good. I don't think I need cream soda in my life. See, <laughs> that's where you're you... fucking wrong, kiddo. What is that mixture? You yeah, mix wine and whiskey. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> different desires like a or b whatever i'm into those fulfill we're having a 
drinking wine and whiskey nights from now on. <laughs> you, think, you think we don't regularly have wine and whiskey no, nights? No, together. Oh, We're mixing them. Oh. So, Jake, to me, and that is a perfect example, is wine and whiskey, like, whatever you're feeling at the time, is, for me, root beer and cream soda. Like, it's just whatever <laughs> I'm feeling at the time. It's not the same. We don't, we don't there need are either of those things. Well, because we have wine and whiskey. True. <laughs> I would say, and you weren't here, but since I've turned 21, I've not oh, drank that. just came yeah. into I've, that part of the combo. I, I have not drank a whole lot of root beer or cream soda since I've turned 21 because of wine and whiskey. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I can't talk shit about cream soda because I don't think I've had one since I was nine years old. <laughs> like, I have no idea what <laughs> okay. one even but tastes when, like. When I go to a place that serves beer, when they have 1919 on tap, I might get that over beer sometime. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. And that's the thing about root beer is it's so different. Like you could have Barks, which would punch you in the face. And then you have so 1919, good. which is smooth as fuck. And like, mug. It's <laughs> Did you see? Dope, no yeah. one drinks mug. I, I'm pretty sure that's at what Alex preferred. Isn't mug it? is best in a in a root Mo- beer float. Root beer float. That, that's exactly Only. it. Yeah. <laughs> mug is yeah. the root beer float. Root beer. So during the Neither Time of the Space podcast, uh, Matt cracked a Barks, and so I sent them a twelve pack of like a, like a micro brew, uh, root beer because I knew they would package it, and I needed the packaging to send it over to them. <laughs> okay. So there's like four root beers, four cream sodas, four like black cherry blah 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 oh, that I took out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I t- I took them out and replaced with Barks. <laughs> Good idea. Solid choice. So I I sent those, and Matt tried a Barks, and most British people like. I, I watch like YouTube videos of British people trying root beer for the first time. They think it tastes like medicine. It kind of does. What? And or, you know, it tastes a bit like cough syrup if it's not something you're used to. I have never heard of or thought of that before. Me either. Oh, whatever. One hundred percent of British people trying root beer for the first time think it tastes like medicine. Isn't Their that medicine what soda came from? Awesome. Like soda, <laughs> soda came from trying yeah, to be have, tonics the same, and medicine. They have yeah. the same origins. Yeah. Yeah, but that's when it was filled with cocaine. Uh, that was uh, not all of it. Some of it was opium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely opium. <laughs> yeah, there's laudanum. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went. I grabbed the package that Matt from New York Timeless Space sent us for our Secret Santa. Woohoo! Ooh. Um, their most recent episode on uh, which. Uh, Praxius was when they opened our gift that we sent them two months late. The reason we're doing this so long or so late is because one particular thing I ordered for them took forever due to COVID. But uh, we sent them, apart from twelve sodas that were are difficult for them to get where they live. Uh, we sent David a sweatshirt for his young boy. Aww. That uh, says "Little Absorbaloff" on it because that's how they refer to his child. That's so funny. Without giving his name away, and we sent the two Dalek movies on Blu-ray as one of the options because they they do bonus episodes for anybody that contributed over twenty-five pounds to their charity drive that they do every holiday season. Um, so I sent that as an option for a bonus episode they could do for my contribution. Uh, the other option I sent was the first series of the Lady Christina Big Finish uh, series that they do. 
which nobody wants or ever asks for. <laughs> that was that was the tweet, yeah. If you guys don't remember Planet of the Dead, one of the David Tennant specials, uh, they have made a multiple series off of that character. I don't know why. It's... <laughs> Matt tweeted out after I said that, is this some kind of cruel joke? And the note that I sent along with them said that included in what was supposed to be included in that was a signed picture of Michelle Ryan, who is the actor that plays that character. I thought it was lost. I don't know where it went. Just now I wouldn't grab the presents that Matt sent us out of my car. And that photo is in there. Oh and no! I'm so happy because now I get to send it to Matt as another reminder <laughs> that he needs to do this. <laughs> and by the way, we are going to do those Blu-rays of the Dalek movies soon too. No, no. Well, at least but, they're Blu-ray. Yeah, Matt sent us a message that I will read now to you. Uh, again, this is Matt from the Neither Time Nor Space podcast. He says, first of all, Mary." Oh, this is my message to them, not his message to me. <laughs> Read it. He says, Dear, the always excellent Married to Who, we wanted to send another Christmas gift to show our appreciation for the many smiles and laughs you have provided through what was another testing year. I've already struggled with the chimney slash... I've already struggled with the chimney slash Jody era of Doctor Who, but at least I have you guys to look forward to each week. And he has repeatedly mentioned us when he's shitting on that first <laughs> Jody season. Oh, no. they're, they're, in, they're in the second season now of saying like, well, at least I got to listen to the Married to Who podcast. Nice. I have just finished listening to your review of Fugitive of the Jadoon because as excited as I was about the reveal of the Fugitive Doctor, my mind immediately jumped to, I cannot wait to hear what Terry thinks about her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed a restful and happy holiday season and wish you all the best in 2022. Signed, Matt. And since we come as a pair, David. <laughs> P.S. As we have now retired our Meal of the Week segment, feel free to list the best thing you have eaten in the past seven days. <laughs> oh. Anyone, anyone got something good? Oh gosh, we've had so many good HelloFresh boxes. Um... Yeah. We had the Super Bowl on Sunday, so mm -hmm. we all that got together and shared food. That was fun. I'm going with oh, yeah, the... Man. I know it's called pho, but I'm saying pho. That the HelloFresh uh, meatball pho with carrot and zucchini noodles that we had last night. Oh, I have a fun story. Yeah. Okay. I bought this wonderful looking piece of cheesecake for Valentine's Day for us to share from our bakery <laughs> in town. And I went to work. I picked up a shift and I got home. I was I thought about it all day at work, got back <laughs> and I was like, yay, let's share this cheesecake. He ate the whole thing. Oh, Hell yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. I can only you say mean to baby one. Duh. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? I literally just... told him before I left that we're sharing this cheesecake. <laughs> it was not even a shareable piece of cheesecake. 
I like that Happy as Valentine's Day to me. Hot baby helped. <laughs> so Cody, is your is your answer the cheesecake? <laughs> no, it was he said not it was good. Bad. Oh, it wasn't oh, good. No. Oh no. <laughs> I I bought a couple pieces of chocolate cake for me and Terry from our local bakery when I was picking up dinner. And uh we have the same look. Well, All it's Hugo's. Okay. <laughs> but the one <laughs> well, the one I go to, like it's a new one, and they have such a lovely display of uh confectionery. I, I I just can't walk past it sometimes. But my my meal of the week would be you know, we we had a bowling tournament last Saturday. Uh we so we drank all day long. Bowling this bowling tournament, then from me, Jill, and Alex to nine. From one to nine, then we went and played blackjack at a bar until midnight, Ooh. and then we went to a cafe. Yes, and had eggs and toast and just breakfast, dude. At we, midnight, and it was the best. We did, we did fucking weekend. Holy shit, that was oh, I forgot about the 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 truck stop. Yeah. That was so it good. Was great. Yeah, I think breakfast any food breakfast, is just great. Yeah, breakfast Wait, food at a restaurant. Wait, did you go to a truck stop? Uh, what cafe oh, yeah. was open at midnight? 229, baby. 229, is that no, the one at called... Simonson's? Uh, yeah. What's it actually Never called? Never been there. The Long Haul. No, that's the bar. No, that's the bar. Oh, you're right. Roadhouse. Roadhouse Cafe. Yep, that's it. Mm. Yep. That's where the troopers would have breakfast on Sunday. God, it was so good. It's really good. It was really good. Uh, I would have to give a shout out to Sam for her s'mores dip. I, oh, that, that was good. so good. I that was real delicious. good. Also, it proves Cher- Terry's uh, weird appetite. Yeah, <laughs> Marshmallows and chocolate and graham crackers. I'm pretty sure I burnt the chocolate in there. So uh... <laughs> It was still great. To be to be fair, I don't think I've ever had that dish without the chocolate the way it was. So it was great. It's hard not to burn. Okay. <laughs> no, I I I I think it was great. I like keep doing what you did. It was good. Perfect. Every time I eat that, it's fucking good. I'm I'm convinced. I've had so many adventures with chocolate that I'm convinced it's impossible to not fuck it up. <laughs> I mean, that sounds sexual. And you don't mean it that way, <laughs> but I wish you did. <laughs> Let's talk about the chocolate adventures. In Sam's defense, it was like you were making it in the middle of the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was one of the best halftime shows in the last <laughs> five years. So you kind of just lose track, you know? And I would uh, randomly jump up and go, oh, shoot, the chocolate. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Should we end this podcast? I'm not done. Oh, <laughs> we haven't opened the present yet. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it yet. Matt goes on. <laughs> oh, he goes on. Oh, no. PPS. We do fully intend to watch the Torchwood DVD that you sent us last year. Hell yeah! I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. I can't wait for awkward Barrowman-based discussion each week as we fill the gaps waiting for the new series. PPPS. Can <laughs> we get an favorite. update? On the Married to Who quilt that Terry's making. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I can give you progress. It's been sitting on my fucking bench, my workout bench for six months. <laughs> I have been oh, meaning to God. finish that, but it's work has been 
draining me, but there's days where it's like, I'm going to fucking get this done. And I'm like, nope, I'm watching Poirot instead. And it's like, okay. Terry, you had it almost done before Pod Baby 2 was born. I know. And that baby and he's one has years old now. Birth- yeah. He is one years old now. And yeah. now I have to do a restoration on a baby blanket, which I'm waiting to do that too, so. You're not wrong. <laughs> but no, I... I <laughs> hope to get that done soon so that way jake can send pictures or whatever he wants he's so old he thinks you send pictures just print them out send them in the mail (laughs) nobody wants nobody wants this quilt i don't know what you're making it for oh all right it's fine that it's not done you take your time buddy it's gonna be for terry no yeah no no no. I'm gonna reach the end of the podcast. Terry's just gonna take it out back, this <laughs> and just burn, burn it. it, and hang himself with it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, if Jake doesn't want it, then uh, Alex and oh, Jill can have it. Spoiler alert, Terry! I don't want it. Okay, it could it could go. Ooh, it could be a, one of the one of them fabled married who giveaways. That'd be pretty sick. Hey, hey, hey. And it just goes hey, to the city. Guess cities. how many people tweeted me that they wanted a Reign of Terror DVD? Yeah, but this <laughs> oh is a God. hand. This is a hand quilted quilt people from are... the producer of Mary DeVoe. Oh, yeah. It's worth like a thousand dollars based yeah. on Terry's like yeah. mad hours. Terry, I'm excited about your quilt. We have received presents from the Nather Time and Space podcast. Which I'm now saying because I'm editing out the last 18 minutes no. of us talking. Oh god, it you needs gotta, to you be gotta so bring bad. it. You gotta, no, you gotta so leave bad. it. So number one, there is a singular pair of boxers. Nice. Ooh. So we'll just unused. They're XLs. Plan. <laughs> there's the one, kind... two, three, four. Can we can we split the week? We we need to like right. figure out who gets it when. I They're take kind of Tuesday. like. Boxer briefs. <laughs> They're the TARDIS uh, with from like the pa- the Van Gogh painting. Ooh. It's exploding. Where's the tar- send us a picture? What are you doing? Where is it exploding? We, we need to Please do it every Monday. Every Monday, oh, you you transfer the clean boxers to the next man. <laughs> no, let's, okay. let's do that. I'm out. Okay. Also, are the doors of the TARDIS at the fly? Oh, also, that would be... It's bigger it, on the inside! It's bigger on the inside! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Girls have to wear them, too. That's amazing. Oh, That's amazing. That's really good. Where's this picture? Hurry up. Give me a second. <laughs> Jeez, Jill. You've had so many. Get nothing. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. Those so, are some fancy boxers. Those are pretty. Mm-hmm. So, apart from the boxers, there are also three boxes that have Christmas ornaments in them. Ooh. At the time I received these, they would have been just after Christmas, so we could have put them up. But there are plenty in here to split among all of us. Uh, one of the boxes has four Daleks in it. They are the New Paradigm Daleks, or the iPod Daleks. Nice. Oh. One of the boxes yeah. has a Dalek, a Cyberman, a Weeping Angel, and an Adipose. Ooh. Oh, shit. And one of the boxes has a Dalek, a Cyberman, the Doctor Who logo, a Sonic Screwdriver, the Matt Smith one, 
and a TARDIS. Nice. So some Christmas ornaments. That's awesome. Fun. Fun. That is that amazing. Is awesome. So we got a bunch of those that we can spread about and share with each other as we dis- as we choose. Basically, Game cool. of Thronesing it. We're we're gonna kill each other. Cool. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, they're all, they're all mine and Terry's. Uh, <laughs> we don't have we don't have trees, Christmas trees. But you will next year. <laughs> So, this is getting long. For next time. Same. (laughs) 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 Rubble you. You're not wearing those boxers. (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) For next time. We're, We're at the point now where we can take a break. After this next one. This next one is six... You shut your whore mouth. (laughs) (laughs) This next one is six episodes. It is my favorite classic Doctor Who story ever. Alex, do you know what it is? It, It is really good. I know what it is. It is the first story ever written in fan service. It is the first response to fandom in Doctor Who. Ooh. Their most popular story ever was the Daleks. So they immediately turned to the writer and asked him to write another one. This is the Dalek invasion of Earth. That sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. It is exciting. It also gives us a natural stopping point, even though it's the second story of season two. There are... There are things I need y'all to think about for what you want to do moving forward. We have some options. <coughs> oh, excuse me. We have some options. Jake's getting all we, choked up. We can. <laughs> we can plow. We can plow forward. Finish the first Doctor. Uh, season two, this first Doctor. There's you know as many stories as season one. Season three is almost completely missing, so it's very fast to get through. Uh, we can watch Torchwood, do a se- even just like a season and come back or whatever we want to do. We could do Sarah Jane Adventures, same thing, do a season and come back. We could do Class, it's only one season of it. We could do that and come back. We could do some rewatches if you wanted to. Like, hey, let's go back to Christopher Eccleston and watch. Like, let's all vote what one episode we want to watch. And like, just knowing everything we know now, go back and watch some old stuff and just kind of rethink it. Whatever you guys are feeling, just think about it over the next two weeks and we'll come up with something we want to do. Canine Chris, and the friends. black spot. That's. <laughs> I think the only way I'd watch Torchwood is to be forced to watch Torchwood. So that's viable. Yeah. That's it's, what we're doing, it's isn't good. it? I was gonna say you're forced to watch well, classic. I mean, we Who. will we will at some point watch Torchwood. It's just what we're doing next. I think Cody would actually really like Torchwood. Like it's I agree. not it's not like anything else we've watched. It's not like Doctor Who, it's not like Classic Torchwood's, Who. Torchwood's not awful. Yeah. And it's, it's series three, which is only five episodes, is incredible. Like it's not just good, it's really, really good. But it's yeah. a matter of getting there, which and is it's... fine. Like, it's not a slog. But 
if we're gonna do a spin-off show, if we're gonna do Torchwood or Sarah Jane, which we're gonna do both at some point, this ain't ending. <laughs> then I like what, the class what, option. Class would be cool. I've never class seen is it. Fine. We're gonna so like if we're gonna do Torchwood, we're gonna do two or three episodes of a podcast. So, you know, you get two weeks, you can watch three episodes. And then we'll talk about them because I don't want to spend fucking four months talking shit about Torchwood. <laughs> about one season of Torchwood. But, you know, we could do a season, come back to classic, whatever. Mix it up just so we don't get fatigued. Me, personally, I love 60s Doctor Who, so I'm I'm down for plowing through. But whatever. It's, I, all, it's up to you guys. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would like to at least finish out the first Doctor. Yes, because Jill is smart and good. No, like <laughs> I don't even, I don't even love it. Like I don't love classic Who, but I feel weird starting something and not at least getting through. Like I know you say it's a natural stopping point, but yeah. obviously it's going to be the same Tardis team. I'm pretty sure. I, to a point. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It just feels weird to stop when it's the same Doctor. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like a natural stopping point. I hate that I'm saying that, but it feels right. All the me. episodes we've watched, like even this one was in like the bottom eight episodes in the poll. Like they're go- they're getting better. And there's a lot of like really fantastic stories coming up. And I'm super excited to do them with you guys. But then also like to watch because I'm following along with other podcasts I listen to, I'm into the seventies and I'm so happy that, and it, but also like so excited for you guys to get to the seventies and like how much the show changes and how different it is and how exciting it is. And it's, it's just, yeah, for, for me, that's the exciting part. Like, yeah, we'll watch Torchwood and like, that's fine. I don't give a shit. Like uh, there's some really cool stuff. and some really bad stuff, which is fun. But, uh, cl- classic Doctor Who is, is my jam. I have, I like I think Jill's right. We should like finish at least the, the first doctor. But then I think whatever we do in the like we should do something else and whatever that is should be slightly different to everything else we've ever done. Not like what we're watching, but how we do it in like we do a few episodes at a time instead of one episode at a time and just kinda... well, but we've been doing that for six months with classic. No, classic, it's the same story. I like right. each episode of Torchwood oh, yeah. is a and different I story. Bring, I only bring that up because if we were gonna spend three months talking about the f- or and if we're doing every other week, so if we we're gonna spend six months talking about the first season of Torchwood, I would fucking kill myself. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only reason we're gonna do a couple of episodes a week or a podcast. But that's how Sam and Cody feel with classic. <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> Sam Sam legit likes some Doctor Who. Cody I has never liked any Doctor Who. Of fine. <laughs> I have enjoyed quite a bit of many Doctors. <laughs> but this bro, shit like, is terrible. But also like <laughs> next like next the next one we're doing is my favorite. From there, like it's so like it, everything gets better. Yeah. And I, like I would it, agree. Like from what I've seen, and I've seen, and then once we little, once we change doctors for the first time, that brings its own excitement. And then once we get into like color <laughs> in oh, the seventies, that like was that's exciting. Yeah, that was game changing. That was good. <laughs> and I'll and also like a lot, a lot more stuff is missing. So like once 
once we keep going, like it'll go faster too. The changes will go faster, like companion changes, doctor change. I mean, there's only one doctor change in the 60s, but once we get to like the second doctor, the companions change so often because there's so many episodes missing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, I, do a song. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This has been Married to Who, our episode on the Planet of Giants. If you want to participate with us, you can do so at Married to Who Pod on Twitter. If you want to listen to episodes, you can do so on Spotify if it's our most recent 100. If you want to listen to more than that, you can do so on our website, Married to Who Pod. That's not it. You can do so on our website, MarriedToWho.com. I'm back for myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Do 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 do